Welcome to Your Intention Matters, the podcast. My name is Paul Madot. Today I have Al Heath, senior recruiter over at Pax Labs in San Francisco, California. Al, welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Listen, say hi to everybody and a quick intro uh, into yourself. Yeah, hi, Al Heath. As he mentioned, I'm a senior recruiter uh, working, you know, most recently here with Pax Labs. Um, and currently working from home during this uh, corona crisis. So I uh, hope you're staying safe. Absolutely. And so, Al, I appreciate you being here. You know, I was going to ask you my first question is, you know, given the state of the world right now, um, how are you and your team doing in your life and your family? Everybody OK? Can all things considered? Yeah, everybody's OK. Of course, you know, San Francisco, we uh, we're under kind of a lockdown right now, a stay at home order. So that's going to be interesting over the next couple of weeks. Um, I think it'll be uh, giving people a good opportunity to you know, try working from home and seeing how that works for them. And uh, no, it's staying good. Uh, I think uh, everybody's in good shape and um, hopefully prepared for the next couple of weeks. Yeah, likewise, I feel the same way. I really hope and I'm optimistic that us being proactive, getting out in front of this uh, and self-isolating and doing what we can to minimize the, uh, the spreading of it, uh, we'll start to see the numbers really go down. And hopefully, you know, it might be a Q2 bump and, There'll be some sense of normalcy, you know, come Q3, but um, time will tell. So I'm, I'm optimistic that we're on the right path uh, collectively, you know, as a, as a world. Sure. Yeah. Me too. Well, well, good. Well, Al, again, thanks for being here. You know, listen, the, the title of the podcast is Your Intention Matters, and that really stems from, uh, I have a belief that says everything is earned and it, and it all starts with your mindset and your intention. And so if you're ready, um, I'm looking forward to you sharing your story. You ready to go? Absolutely. Okay, so let's go back to 2007. Uh, You are at Harvard University, graduating uh, in the field of government concentration. Um, I have a story that says there's no way you were thinking of recruiting at that time. Um, And so, you know, go back to 2007. uh, What was your vision? Where did you think you would be back uh, in 2007 here in 2020? Yeah, sure. And I, I think very few people you know, are, are aiming to go into the recruiting field early on in their career. It's one of those industries that you kind of, you know, fall into and embrace, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, so you're right. Uh, that was not my intention going into Harvard. <laughs> okay. And so what was your intention when you were graduating? Indicates what? government. I was really interested in politics at the time. You know what, uh, Al, 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 sorry, forgive me. Uh, I, I lost you there for a second. Sorry, my internet oh, just became sorry. unstable. That was at my end. So, so let I'm me fine. pick it. So, let me pick it up. At I'm going to take you back to 2007, graduating Harvard, and what was your vision for what you thought you'd be doing in 2020? I'll go back to that. Sure. You ready? Uh, okay. Here we yeah, go. Yeah. Okay. So, let me ask you the question again because I think I lost you. No okay, problem. So here we go. Okay, great. So, uh, so let, let's go back to 2007. You're at Harvard. You graduate in the field of government concentration. Um, not knowing much about that industry. I'm not really sure you probably had recruiting on your mind at the time. Uh, and so if I'm right, take me back to 2007. And what was your vision at the time? What did you think you'd be doing in 2020 uh, back in 2007? No, I think you hit the nail on the head there. So I definitely was not looking at recruiting as a field at that time. Um, I didn't know much about recruiting, to be honest with you, in undergrad. Um, you know, my focus at that time was, was definitely on the political side. Um, I, I was very involved in 
um, politics. And uh, at the time, you know, John Kerry was running for president and that was a local campaign. So I was active as part of his presidency, presidential campaign. Um, and, and that was really my focus for a long time. I think with many people uh, with undergrad, as you learn more about things and get more ingrained in it, um, you find out it just might not be the career path for you that you want to take. There's certainly limited options uh, with a political science degree. Uh-huh. Uh, and honestly, you know, what kind of unfolded as I was graduating was one of the worst economic crises in generations. Yes. That, that kind of all culminated at the same time. I graduated, the economy was having a really bad run for a couple of years there. So that's kind of what ultimately led me into the field I'm in now. Okay, so talk to me about that. Uh, so you graduate and so you're trying to manage uh, circumstances that are outside of your control. I mean, for anybody listening really remembers 2007, 2008, it was a a troubling time for many of us who were, uh, you know, knee deep into it at that time. So what did you do once you graduated? What was your first job and, you know, how did you get started? Yeah, and I, and I won't, I'll be honest with you. It was a, uh, a concerning time. You know, you graduate from an Ivy League school, you think that in some way uh, you're, you, you, you put in the time and that you're going to have a place somewhere, right? So, and I did, I had a couple of offers that dried up, um, which is pretty unheard of, you know, with some really prominent companies because, Hiring was uh, frozen and yeah. uh, things just changed overnight, essentially. So, um, I, you know, I spent a couple of years um, kind of bouncing around, to be honest with you, trying to find my footing and uh, figure out what to do next. Um, I spent a couple of years. Oh, sorry about that. That's okay. Wanna... Keep, no, keep going. It's all good. Yeah, I spent a couple of years uh, kind of, you know, bouncing around, ultimately um, worked for a uh, managed care organization, uh, a health organization in Maryland back in my home state. Um, that was not my passion, but I got a chance to do that for a couple of years. Um, ultimately, uh, decided I should pursue higher education, uh, what, you know, why this was unfolding, and went and got my MBA um, at a, a small college in Delaware while working. Um, and just, you know, kind of, try to figure it out from there, try to figure out what was really, uh, you know, motivating me, what would be passionate uh, for me next in my career. Um, and that kind of led me to um, 2011, uh, cutting forward, uh, just graduated my MBA. Um, and I had a few friends that had made the move up to New York City. And I decided, you know, without really anything on my plate, I didn't have a job lined up. Um, I had some savings and I just went up to New York and decided to start actively interviewing with a bunch of different industries and trying to figure out, you know, what really appealed to me most through those interviews. Okay. So, so you're, you're in Boston at Harvard, you graduate, you're, you're managing a uncertain times and you decide, no, you know what, I'm going to go get my MBA. I'm going to continue my education. And by the way, I'm, I'm now going to move to New York d- d- during all of this time. Do I have that correct? That's correct. Okay. <laughs> really? just got my MBA and was really motivated by that. Felt like that could help me out on the job market. Things were improving, you know, in 2011 at that time, there was a rebound effect and yeah. uh, decided just to, you know, go to the nearest big city. I was on the East coast and New York was always a desire of mine, love visiting there. So just took a big risk, moved up there, stayed in a friend's apartment for a while. How and long? Just, um, a, a good six months, wow. I'd say. I was, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, crashing with a friend working there, uh, working as an in interviewing constantly. 
Um, you know, and, and I had a couple of really good options that stuck out at me, mainly on the sales side. Um, but, you know, that's where I interviewed with my first recruiting agency. Um, like I said, I'd never heard of recruiting before, <laughs> like as a career. Mm. Um, and what really appealed to me was the ability to get to really learn about people. Um, I'm, I've always been very interested in the psychology of people. Um, and this is a really good chance of, you know, from entry level folks all the way up to senior executives, you can have conversations with people, get to learn their story, learn, you know, kind of like you're doing with me right now, learn a little bit more about them, what motivates them, um, working with your clients to try to figure out a good match. Uh, and that was just really appealing to me. Also, you know, the upside of commission. Um, I had a lot of student loan debt at the time, so <laughs> I wanted to pay that off ASAP. Um, so yeah, I just dove head first, took a role with a small recruiting agency and not a lot of training. It's one of those sort of old school recruiting shops where literally they wrote ABC on a chalkboard. <laughs> right. Uh, Non-ironically. Um, and really just motivated to pick up the phone and dial. Um, and, and that's kind of the name of the game with agency recruiting. And so you learned to cut your teeth a little bit, uh, you know, just smile and dialing and buy the numbers. And, and so how long did you uh, work there and, and how did that go? Yeah, so that was a good, you know, two, two and a half years there of agency um, uh, experience uh, working mainly with uh, consulting firms. So PwC was a big client of ours, mm -hmm. a couple of the big um, Discovery Financial was a client. So working, you know, from kind of entry level to senior level roles there, working directly with the clients, um, uh, also trying to close new clients. That's a big part of recruiting is building the client base. So, you know, reaching out to companies to see if they need assistance with their hiring and trying to build those relationships, you know, became a manager at the company, became the uh, highest performing employee there, um, had a couple of really prominent closes, uh, you know, chief compliance officer of Santander Bank mm. uh, in North America. I made a big placement there, which, you know, that alone helped me pay off my student loan debt. So, it can be quite lucrative. It's very hard work. And, uh, you know, as you know, it's, it's a sale of yeah. what you're doing and people make decisions sometimes not for the best reasons and, uh, things happen quickly. So you're, you're constantly, you know, reaching out and getting a lot of people involved in the process and speaking to people on a continual basis, much like sales, you're, you're always thinking ahead. Well, it's great to hear that you took a chance and you find yourself in, you know, the city that doesn't sleep. And you find yourself in an industry that you really didn't even know was even a career uh, early on. And then you find a way to turn the corner, establish yourself, uh, create some pretty great results. And so share with me, if you would, what was behind your decision to actually leave then if things were, were going fairly well? Yeah, that was a tough decision. But you know what was happening was about a year and a half into that, you know, two and a half year stint there of uh, of. Uh, agency recruitment um, on my part-time uh, you know, nights and weekends, I was working with a friend to conceptualize a business idea. Um, I've always been very entrepreneurial and really always wanted to kind of start a company and be on the cutting edge of technology. So we came up with the, uh, with an idea that was geared towards the real estate sector in New York. Um, essentially it's through customer feedback, instantaneous customer feedback, um, it allows management and agents at real estate companies to best understand, you know, where agents are falling short, how they stack rank against other agents at a similar firm or their firm. 
um, kind of, you know, determine the X factors of sales agents and how they can improve. It's very much an improvement tool. Um, so that was the concept. Uh, we were not technical co-founders. So uh, we had to, uh, as a recruiter, I had to bring on technical founders. Um, and, you know, ultimately we built this product for about a year in our private time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I started going out. I was the, I guess, head of business development. Um responsible for going out finding clients so that's what i did and you know even though it was a part-time project early on we had real estate companies that were very interested um so ultimately it reached a crescendo Uh, we were accepted into an incubator program a very prominent one in the real estate sector Um, and i just felt like it was time to completely detach from my full-time role and really focus on it i know that all of our founders didn't have that ability so i really wanted to be the one to step up and go out there, hit the ground running and try to close as many clients as possible. And um, ultimately that led to me uh, backing away from the recruiting game for about a year, mm-hmm. uh, focused on that year of you know, ex- expanding our client base, honing in and improving the product through, through uh, customer feedback and ultimately building a small sales team uh, to ramp up nationally. So we got into, uh, like it's an incubator program, we got into um, companies like Prudential and Keller Williams, which was really great and better home and gardens was another big client of ours. And we were talking about, you know, national expansion at certain points. So having a lot of traction, it just felt like the right time to, to really focus all my efforts on that. That's an incredible story. I mean, you're in arguably the, the most famous city in the world, one of the most expensive cities in the world. You've just paid off your student debt. You're in a recruitment field and you decide, you know, I'm going to start up my own company. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was a, it was a tough decision. I, like I said, I was definitely in a good position. Um, agency recruiting is, is not a, a walk in the park, but it certainly wasn't something that uh, didn't excite me every day. I still love to do what I did, but this was just uh, something that um, I, I felt was worth the uh, worth the leap. Mm. And it was, now or never. So I gave it, and I said, I'm going to give it one solid year, the, do it the best that I can, um, and, you know, see what comes of this. And ultimately, you know, one that, when that year was up, um, I, it was a good learning experience is, is what I would say. So, you know, the, the people that founded the company, myself and my, my co-founder are not technical founders. So it's one of those classic startup stories where, uh, original founder should be a technical founder just because you should be on the same page and understand, yeah. you know, how the product ties into the tech. Um, I think uh, we were, uh, you know, kind of didn't see eye to eye on, on certain things. And I don't know if the tech was ready to ramp up to a national scale. Once that year uh, was over, we had a, uh, an acquisition offer from a current client that was, you know, quite interesting and allowed us to walk away with uh, more than just the learning experience. So Ultimately, we decided that it would be for the best of everybody at the company to to take that acquisition offer. Um, and uh, that's kind of where uh, worlds kind of lined up perfectly. KPMG reached out to me like literally the week that I ramped up the acquisition, uh, ramped down the acquisition there with uh, Zufog. Um, and uh, they brought me on to lead their uh, recruiting function for their CIO advisory consulting group. That, that, that's that's amazing that that happened. Uh, it's amazing that what you were able to create. And so all of this was uh, in New York on the East Coast, and yet you're now on the West Coast in Northern California. So what's the story behind your move? How did you end up in the Bay? 
Yeah, so I, I spent a couple of years with KPMG, um, you know, working with that group, um, helping build that up. You know, we have 90 offices across the United States, much bigger ramp than where Zoofog was. Uh, so <laughs> it's a, you know, 100-year-old company, lots of process, 200,000 employees globally. So big change. Yeah. Um, got to work in building that up in New York. Um, ultimately, uh, I, my eye was always on being more on the cutting edge of, of companies and KPMG was an amazing experience. I got to work with the lead partners nationally there on an almost daily basis. Um, was very much so a business partner with them. But, you know, I really wanted to be part of something earlier on. Um, I, I really wanted to, you know, be part of cutting edge tech and, you know, something different, not just kind of maintaining a larger company after a couple of years. So, um, KPMG was building out their um, CIO advisory practice in San Francisco. Um, I caught on to that. I requested the transfer out here um, to help build that function up. Um, but really, my goal uh, in the back of my mind was move out there, put in the time, and let's look at where you can move into the tech sector uh, over time. And I knew it wasn't going to be easy because I have big company experience and not quite um, the technical background that you have in the Bay Area. Um, so. You know, I, I took about six months of really uh, interviewing with select companies, uh, startup companies. Um, you know, Series A, Series B was most appealing to me because I really wanted to be part of building something um, and really having my thumbprint on the DNA of the company uh, moving forward. So interviewed with a lot of great companies that have moved on to do big things, but ultimately uh, spoke to a company called TalkDesk. And TalkDesk was a call center software, essentially managing all your call center needs on the cloud. Um, so that was really appealing to me. They were just at the right stage and they were looking for somebody that, that had my experience that, you know, big company process experience that can come in and, and lend my, um, you know, knowledge and experience in building out our team. We were only about five team members globally at that point and about 150 people. Um, we were a series A company and, you know, cut forward to when I exited there, we were a thousand people and a billion dollar valuation company. So had a huge growth ramp in my time with uh, TalkDesk. You know, Al, I, I worked at Xerox for about a decade and it, it's always interesting to me when I speak to somebody who worked for a large company as well. So KPMG, um, well-known global organization, um, strong organization, strong company. And, you know, for being a guy who left, you know, a similar company, different industry, I'm always interested by the decision to actually do that. Now, in your case, you had already founded a company and co-founded a company previously, but wasn't the path of least resistance to stay at KPMG? It's a safer bet. You're doing well there. The company's good. They're good to you. You're doing well for them. What was behind your decision to, to move on and actually, um, you know, make the move to TalkDesk? Yeah, so you're, you're right. Uh, that, that's a path that many people can take and do take. If you look at kind of 10 years at larger companies like that, you do tend to see people, um, you know, uh, reach a comfort level and they stick around and they, uh, you know, they get their increases every year and uh, mm. have a great run. That's probably something that would be more appealing to me later in my career. But, you know, I, I'm always looking for growth in general. Um, I definitely have a growth mindset and I always want to learn more. Um, I, I don't get bored by things, but I just want to take on more and learn more. And um, you can only learn so much in a large organization, at least in, in, in my experience with KPMG. 
Um, certainly, there's more of a bureaucracy, uh, which is fine. That's what All you right. sign up for when you join a large company. But yeah. I, I wanted the ability to kind of be more of a decision maker, be more of a person at the table, as they say. Um, and while I did have exposure to, you know, lead partners at the firm um, who were running it, um, you're, you're not quite getting that business partner relationship that you'd get at a smaller company. So it was a risk. And uh, certainly even it was a risk for some startup companies to bring me on because I didn't have that hyper growth ramping experience that they're used to. So there was a little bit of a, you know, give and take and a bit of a, uh, a dance that we did uh, with a lot of my interviewers and um, trying to find that right balance because I didn't have that experience that they're looking for necessarily. So um, it just appealed to me to, 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 to make that leap and to challenge myself. Right. Uh, I'm always looking for ways to kind of challenge myself and knock myself out of a comfort zone. And with startups, uh, every day is a new day and you can never predict it. So yeah. um, it's always, always keeps me on my toes. And that's why I'm looking to stay in that startup community for quite a while. Well, I've never lived in either city, but I've been to San Francisco many times as well as New York City, especially with me being on the East Coast here. Um, uh, two vastly different cities, different vibes uh, whenever I'm there. And both any regrets uh, with your decision to move from, to, from New York to San Francisco? You know, I, not necessarily. I certainly do miss aspects of New York City at times. I mean, I love San Francisco. I think it's a beautiful, very unique city and the weather's great. Mm. Uh, and I've always been an East Coaster. I grew up in Maryland and um, I've always, you know, went to school in Boston, as we mentioned. So I was looking for a change of pace in terms of just uh, atmosphere. Um, I didn't look forward to the long winters and the, you know, the dark days. <laughs> Um, on the East Coast. So at that point in my life, I was looking for a change more from that perspective. Um, it is different, though. You are right. I mean, New York is definitely a much more hard driving, um, hard charging uh, sort of environment. Um, hours are pretty similar, mm. but the, you know, the, uh, the atmosphere is just different in terms of working culture. Um, people are much more aggressive in general. Um, uh, in, in vocal, um, San Francisco is, you know, much more, um, I, I'd say, uh, less so aggressive, but uh, people are still super smart and driven. So mm. you're coming across different, you know, types of people in, in terms of personality, but ultimately we're still working, you know, same amount of hours, putting in the same amount of work. It's really just the atmosphere, which is a, a little bit different. Okay, good. Well, I'm glad to hear that's working out. You know, I've, I've enjoyed you sharing your story. It's a, it's a pretty cool one that is anything but a straight line. Uh, you know, Al, I always like to ask any guest who comes on, if anybody came to you looking for some advice, um, any advice for anybody listening? Yeah, so um, I definitely have, uh, you know, a lot of advice as it relates to uh, anybody that would want to get into the recruiting field. So, um, I, and, I, and I get asked that a lot, too, from people that reach out to me uh, nearly on a weekly basis. I'm getting someone who's considering moving into the recruiting field. Much like me, they don't know much about it. So the advice that I would give people on that end is just, um, you know, if people interest you, um, if you really uh, have a, um, um, a strong feeling to learn more about the psychology of people and, and learning what makes them tick and 
you really want to talk to people a lot because you're going to be on the phone a lot and through Skype interviews and, and other things and in-person interviews. Um, you're going to be immersed in, in learning about people, learning um, about uh, your industry. Uh, you'll become you know, more of an expert than 30-year experts are in, in terms of the mechanics and how things are moving out in the market because you're constantly speaking to people and getting the inside track on things. So um, what I would say, if you're interested in recruiting, um, I think the key things to have is uh, an interest in people and the interest in learning more about what makes people tick. Um, and you really need to care about people. Um, you know, you really need to make a good connection between a client or if you're internal, your hiring manager of the company and the person on the other end, the potential candidate, um, you're really the kind of intermediary um, in you know, uh, developing um, that relationship between the company and the client. And you're you know, very much more than just a recruiter that's reaching out and running down uh, a job description. You're, you're really the PR person for the company. You're the first line of communication a person will have with the company. So you're really giving them the elevator pitch. You're really showing your passion about the company. You're being as honest and transparent about where you fall short because transparency will sell people more than deception. Um, showing them the trust that you can show where your flaws are with the company and, and where they can come in and make impact on those things. Um, so what I'd say, you know, for people that are looking to move in this industry, uh, only join if you really care about people, that you really have a passion for learning about people. And, um, and you know, definitely look at recruiting from a strategic standpoint and not just kind of a reactionary um, function. Um, recruiting is very proactive and we tend to slant on the side of reactive and, uh, you know, being... Uh, very reactive to what our hiring managers are doing. But uh, so that's what I would say in terms of like recruiting, uh, you know, in terms of like overall advice, you know, I, I think that if you look at my career path, as we mentioned, um, I, I'm always willing to take risks and push myself. So advice I would give people, it might not be for everybody, but if you have a deep passion that you want to do something different and you see a path forward and you're, maybe slightly unhappy with where you're currently at, or um, you're just starting to have doubts, look out there, look at where else you might go, look at uh, what other skill sets that you have that you can develop. Um, it's never too late. And there's always an option for you to take on something bigger. Um, and don't be complacent all the time. <laughs> uh, sometimes you should be, but follow your brain and your heart. And um, if you see something that comes along and you know that this can really build your skill set and, and take you through a journey, give it a shot if you, if you feel like it's uh, the right move for you. And that's what I've done in my career. And, um, you know, ideally the next move that I make is a much longer tenure, but, uh, you know, I, I've, I've always believed that is just like, if, if the right opportunity comes by, don't constantly look for the next opportunity, but if something presents itself and that you feel like it can help you build yourself and build your skill set, take it. Sound advice. I think that's that's great, Al. Hey, listen, uh, we're recording this on the 18th of March. Some big news uh, out out of Boston with uh, Tom Brady leaving the Pats. Any, any position on that? 
Yeah, well, I you know, I was up there for many years, so I did kind of become a quasi uh, Pats fan. I also might be uh, married to a former Pats player, actually, uh, who was with them for a few years. So have a connection with the Pats, uh, you know, for, for our listeners out there, whether they like that or not. I'd say <laughs> Pats and the Ravens are my two uh, my two uh, teams. But no, Brady, I think he's uh, – Obviously, his his background speaks yeah. speaks for itself. Super successful. Obviously, you know he's getting up there in in, in tenure and years. So we'll we'll see how uh, the Buccaneers go. But uh, hoping hoping for the best for him. And yeah. I hope uh, it ends as well as his career has been going. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, listen, Al. Thanks so much for uh, for taking the time to share your story with us. I think we'll wrap this one up right now. Perfect. Absolutely. So listen, thanks again for being here, everybody. Thanks for taking the time to listen. Remember that your intention matters because that's the result that you'll tend to get. We're out of here and uh, we'll see you next week. Stay safe, everybody.